0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten
1: Podcast.
0: Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented by fantasypoints.com. We love winning, we love fantasy football. We love how FantasyPoints.com, when you use the code FEAST, helps you to win. So much content, so much information, it's absolutely amazing. Highly encourage you, if you're having a pretty good year, finish strong. FantasyPoints.com, just make sure you use the code FEAST. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. Busy Wednesday for us today. I did the College Draft Podcast this morning with Emery Hunt. Broke down some of those big-time Big Ten matchups this weekend. Then did the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, where Andrew Brandt and I talked a lot about the Tua Tungo-Vailoa decision in Miami. Something I need to talk about with Joe Dolan, the co-host Of the Fantasy Feast Podcast. One of the co-owners of FantasyPoints.com. Where you use the code FEAST. At FG underscore Dolan. Is where you can find Joe on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can always watch the show. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. That's also where you get some of the cool highlight clips. We post some of those as well. To our social media media. At Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Joe, before we dive into these games, we do always do two shows each week. It's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. We do the Thursday night game, then the Sunday ones, then episode two, which will drop in your podcast app after midnight to Sunday late game, Sunday night, Monday night. Before we get into this week's games, I do need to ask you what is relevant for people that own any Miami Dolphins skill players with the decision to go from Fitzpatrick to Tua vailoa I want you to tell them now before they wait till next week yeah
1: uh, Ross I mean look Justin Herbert came out and surprised me he played a whole lot better than I anticipated he would play so you always have to to take into account that things might not go as you expect but I would anticipate that this is a downgrade for uh, for Miami Dolphins' skill position players. We saw how uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's emergence uh, in the offense last year led to big-time numbers for Devontae Parker, led to big-time numbers for Mike Gesicki, which aren't happening this year anyway for Gesicki. But, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not good for fantasy. Now, you understand why they did it. You understand that, you know, they want to get to us some reps. I, I think people were maybe a little bit surprised by the timing because, you know, with Buffalo having dropped two games in a row, you got a legitimate shot to contend in this division and make the playoffs. And, and, and now with the expanded playoffs, the 17 playoffs. So you you worry about those things, but. But, I mean, I think I understand ultimately why they made the call to go to Tua. They want to get him reps. They think it's the time over the bye to get him ingrained in the offense. But I, I, I got to tell you, I don't think it's good news for fantasy.
0: Got it. That's kind of what I was thinking that you would say. And I guess I guess we shall find out. Let's dive into Thursday night, Joe, because there's actually a lot to get to in that game. Eagles-Giants. The Eagles no longer have Miles Sanders. Might just be a week or two for him. Sounds like Zach Ertz is three or four weeks, but also sounds like, and we just saw this come down the pike, they might get Deshaun Jackson back this week. Talk to me about Eagles skill guys. I already have buddies of mine texting me whether or not asking whether or not Boston
1: Scott should be in their lineup. Well, here's the thing with Boston Scott this year. He struggled. uh, To be not to put too fine a point on it, and you can you can directly look at how things are being blocked up front for him. Uh, according to uh, according to Pro Football References numbers, and I believe they get their their numbers from Sport Radar. Um, according to Pro Football Reference, uh, B- Boston Scott is averaging just 1.2 yards before contact on his carries this year. That is a full yard down from last year when it was 2.2. Uh, his yards per carry average is 3.2. He has not looked good on kick returns. He hasn't earned offensive snaps for Philadelphia, uh, and that's why Miles Sanders was playing such a huge snap share. But I think a lot of people look. Look at Boston Scott and a lot of people look at the fact that he scored three touchdowns against the Giants last year had nearly 140 yards from scrimmage in that week 17 game. And look, I I mean, I I think Boston Scott's an RB too. But if he struggles this week, Ross, they are not going to hesitate to put Corey Clement in the game. Uh, They picked up Jason Huntley. Uh, a running back off of waiver wires from the ball, uh, from the Detroit Lions, and and we're seeing how uh, how much success the Eagles are having with another guy that the Lions cut in Travis Fulgham. So uh, maybe he gets some opportunities. But I think Boston Scott is an RB two. I don't think you can expect him with the state of this Eagles offense to go in and put up RB one numbers. Am I telling you not to start him? Absolutely not. There's four teams on by. Miles Sanders is hurt. So you've got plenty of opportunities to put Boston Scott in your lineup. I wouldn't expect the world, though. And also keep in mind, that giant run defense has been a positive surprise for, for New York this year. It's one of the reasons they're having a lot of success. Uh, well, well, one of the only <laughs> – let, let me rephrase that. It's one of the only areas in which they're having success this year. It's it's on the with the run defense.
0: All right. What about the receiver and tight end position for the Eagles with Ertz out and
1: Deshaun Jackson back? doesn't look like Dallas Goddard's going to be activated off of IR, which is a bummer, but uh, they have the mini buy coming up before the game against the Cowboys in week eight. Um, so what that means is look, a lot of people are streaming tight ends this year and Richard Rodgers is a streamable tight end this week. I, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying it. I can't believe we're talking about Richard Rodgers in the year of our Lord 2020, but Dick Rod is a streamable tight end this week for Philadelphia. Carson Wentz has been making plays and getting Dick Rod the football. Um, Deshaun Jackson, I I mean, you want to play him? I'm Punch's pilot right now. I'm washing my hands of this. I know I advised everybody to draft him. Fool me once, shame on on, uh, you. Fool me 47 times, shame on me. Um, I, I, wait until – you have to wait until you, until you see it for Deshaun Jackson. You have to – like, frankly, you just – you have to see what's going to happen with him out there. The good news is because of Travis Fulgham, the, the Eagles don't need Deshaun Jackson to be a 10-target-a-game guy. They need him to be a lid lifter and maybe actually catch the accurate deep balls that Carson Wentz throws. You saw what happened with John Hightower last week on the Eagles first series. Carson Wentz is backed up into a third and 23 and he drops a dime 50 yards down the field that goes right through John Hightower's hands. It's two straight weeks that John Hightower has a significant drop on a perfect throw by Desha- uh, by Carson Wentz. Maybe Deshaun Jackson gives the Eagles that and allows them to extend drives. But I don't think uh, I, I will be playing Deshaun Jackson this week. And keep an eye on Travis Fulgham because he's going to catch a shadow, most likely, from James Bradbury, who's one of the most underrated corners in all professional football.
0: It's a really good point, Joe. What about for the Giants offensively?
1: How about the uh, wide receiver cornerback matchup we have here? <laughs> Darius Slay against Darius Slayton. Uh, um, so, but that that's probably going to be the shadow uh, situation. The Giants are going to get Sterling Shepard back. He's probably going to uh, jump right into their two wide receiver sets alongside Slayton, uh, Golden Tate. Even with Darius Slayton on IR, uh, excuse me, with Sterling Shepard on IR the last couple weeks, Golden Tate's played almost exclusively out of the slot and in three wide receiver sets. The Giants had actually been using C.J. Board. Uh, the C and C J board stand for card, card J board. They had been using him in uh in two wide receiver sets. Unfortunately, he suffered a, a really scary concussion last week. He's probably not going to play in this game. So Sterling Shepherd's going to get into the two wide receiver sets. The Eagles though are going to get back Avante Maddox, which makes things a little bit tougher for the giants. The one area where I am looking for the giants they have a um, – uh, De- Devontae Freeman's looked really good to me, and they have a, a little bit of an advantage because the Eagles will be without defensive tackle Malik Jackson, who has a quadriceps injury. Jackson was utterly disruptive last week against the Ravens.
0: Pittsburgh, Tennessee, a pair of 5-0 and teams Sunday at 1. Should be an awesome, awesome football game. Let's dive into it, starting with the Steelers, Joe.
1: What is going on with Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, that's been my question. And, and look, the Steelers are 5-0. and they're, they're not going to change what they're doing. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's thrown the ball 33 times per game, which is a decent number, um, he's not throwing the ball over the middle of the field. And that's really hurting Juju Smith-Schuster, who has been a ghost since week one. You know, Deontay Johnson was out. Um, and Juju's still not putting up numbers last week. Meanwhile, Chase Claypool continues to make some plays. So Ben Roethlisberger's been comfortable throwing that ball outside the numbers. Right now, I have, I have Juju Smith-Schuster as a low-end wide receiver three while I'm Probably playing Claypool. If you don't want to start Deontay Johnson, I don't blame you. But I think at this stage, you have to play Claypool. And Juju is a mediocre wide receiver three at best. Uh, in this matchup, though, after what what the, te- the Titans gave up four touchdown passes to Deshaun Watson last week, I'm going to be taking a shot on Ben Roethlisberger in this game. And James Connors obviously in your lineup as well.
0: For the Tennessee Titans... Going against that Steelers defense, what do you got?
1: What do we love on this program, Ross? We love narrow fantasy teams. <laughs> uh, the Tennessee Titans have very few guys who you have to make a decision on every week. Ryan Tannehill's a QB1, folks. What, I mean, I don't know what else you need to see. Uh, we were worried about that efficiency, and that's why he was free in drafts this summer, turning out to be one of the single best values you could have possibly gotten. I know it's a tough matchup here against Pittsburgh, but Ryan Tannehill's in your lineups. Derrick Henry is in your lineup. A.J. Brown is in your lineup. The one guy that you got to watch, and it's because of injury, is Jonu Smith. He left last week's game with reportedly a minor ankle injury. If Jonu Smith does not go against Pittsburgh, Anthony Ferkser, Ferkser is a uh, is a streamable tight end. Is Ferkser an Ivy League guy, Ross? He is. He is the uh, fourth
0: of four consecutive Harvard tight ends that wow. went to the NFL. I mean, think about that for a second. That is unbelievable. You so check Brate, Broniker, Ferkser.
1: Yeah.
0: Where did DeValve go? Princeton.
1: Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, he's your Princeton guy. So yeah, those the, those Ivy League tight ends, man, but that's pretty impressive. Uh, who's their tight ends coach? He's a he's a crackerjack.
0: Well, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's just interesting because there aren't that many Ivy League guys in the NFL. It seems like tight ends a position where mm-hmm. they can get some run. Prince, how about this? I got another one for you, Joe. A couple years ago, uh, Princeton went undefeated, won the Ivy League championship. They had three guys go to the NFL, two wide receivers and a quarterback. All three are in the NFL now as tight ends. No kidding. So that's uh, that's DeValve? Nope. No, not DeValve. Um, it's uh, Steven Carlson with the Browns. Brown- okay, Carlson. Uh, Jesper Horstead. Bears. And John Lovett, who's kind of more like a fullback for the Packers. He made a big play on special teams Sunday. Mm -hmm. He's more like a – but he was the quarterback for them, and he's flying down on kickoff team making tackles for the Packers. Kind of just remarkable that, like, that's the position. It's like these big receivers, like DeVal and the other guys, or a quarterback or, like, a use check type. Mm -hmm.
1: That's where the Ivy League guys are hanging. Hey, they're earning their paychecks, uh, you know? <laughs> Those smart guys, they can change positions, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I think it's particularly interesting this week, especially for – you know, I was all over Johnny Smith last week. Unfortunately, he got hurt, and uh, and uh, Anthony Ferkser put up the numbers that Johnny Smith probably would have.
0: Got it. What about Dallas and Washington?
1: Holy mm. Dallas, Joe. Uh, that offensive line is a disaster right now, and obviously – we obviously, when we were talking Andy Dalton, we, we, we thought he could put up the numbers, but acknowledge he's not as good as Dak Prescott. Duh. I mean, of course. But Andy Dalton behind an offensive line that's now down to like its third left tackle and its third right tackle, that's a really big problem. Zach Martin got hurt last week. That from Washington front seven. I love Washington as a streaming defense this week. That being said, um, the guy who I'm benching for Dallas is Michael Gallup, who's been so inconsistent. And – and now you worry about the offensive line and protecting Andy Dalton. The guy who benefited was C.D. Lamb. He got 10 targets in that game. He, uh, Dalton was getting the ball to him quickly. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz is viable uh, for Dallas as well. And obviously you have to play Zeke Elliott. But, Ross, what the hell is going on with these fumbles? I mean, it, uh, what is it, five fumbles this year for Zeke Elliott? It is, it is nasty out there. And if he keeps fumbling, he's going to lose snaps to Tony Pollard. As he should. Mm-hmm. At I mean, this you can't point. if you're if you're getting the ball twenty times a game, you can't put the you can't put the the ball on the ground, and that's what Zeke Elliott's doing. The Cowboys have no margin for error right now. So if, if the Cowboys are thinking, uh, man, we're going to lose games with Zeke Elliott, they'll give the ball to Tony Pollard.
0: Um. Okay. What about Washington on the other side?
1: Yeah. Obviously, you're playing Terry McLaurin in this game against Dallas. Um. Uh. Not. In, not was not terribly impressed with Kyle Allen last week. Uh, against the Giants, but the one question I have for Washington is what's going on in this backfield? Peyton Barber came into week number six. He had been consistently losing snaps. He's averaging under two yards per carry, and they're getting him involved in the opening drive. I I just don't understand what they're doing in that backfield. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick's at least making plays, okay? I can understand that, but Gibson and McKissick, these guys are like flex options, and hopefully they take Peyton Barber out of the game plan. He's not giving them anything. Uh, I'm not sure why they went uh, and and were aggressive in getting him the football last week. But for right now, I mean, you have those two flex plays in the backfield. You've got Terry McLaurin, who you got to play. If you are dying for a tight end, Logan Thomas has run more routes than any tight end not named Zach Ertz. Uh, the problem is he's averaging fewer yards per route run than Zach Ertz, who's been abominably inefficient this year. So uh, if you're dying for a tight end, Logan Thomas is an option for you as well. I was going to ask
0: if Logan Thomas, what a beautiful tight end, uh, touchdown catch he had last week. I was going to ask whether or not yeah. he was a good a good streamer. Yeah, he is
1: against this defense, and he's getting the opportunities, Ross. It's just that. This passing game is not very good, quite frankly, whether it's Dwayne Haskins, whether it's Kyle Allen or Alex Smith, it's just not a very good passing game. All
0: right. How about the Bills at the Jets?
1: Uh, this is, uh, well, let, let me talk about what you saw from the Bills last week, Ross. I know you were broadcasting that game. I heard you in the car when I was on my way to the liquor store. Uh, nice. You were, you were, you were uh, talking about uh, the Bills. Uh, we started to see Josh Allen uh, kind of look a little bit more like the 2019 Josh Allen. Um, but my question to you, since you were there, how much do you think the weather had a factor in that game against Kansas City?
0: I mean, I think it had a little bit, but you can't say that much because it didn't affect Mahomes that much, Mm -hmm. right? So you can't say that much. I do think both teams defensively, their scheme of having two deep safeties making you do everything up front in front of you. It is interesting, too, that Josh Allen seems to really focus on Stephon Diggs.
1: Yeah, so here is the great news for Stephon Diggs. Allen has struggled relative. To his first month of the season the last two weeks, and Stefan Diggs has seventeen catches over those two games I mean the guy is a hammer wide receiver one in this matchup and and i I, I mean when you look at these jets you expect that Buffalo is going to get back on track this week. I, Josh Allen's going to be very popular for DFS. I think Stefan Diggs is going to be very popular for DFS. Uh, John Brown could be a DFS option as well. Cole Beasley on the lower end can be in your lineup as a wide receiver three. Um, the one thing about this Bills team is I, I, I really – been a little bit confused by how much the backfield has struggled. Um not really guys making a whole lot of impact for fantasy whether it's Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. I mean it's been like pulling teeth with these guys. They're both flex options to me at this point. Uh uh Moss you probably can't play and I think Singletary's more of a low end flex.
0: The Jets yeah. Well, we don't Jameson know. Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder for life.
1: Jameson. Jameson, Jameson Crowder, forget about the rest of it. We don't know about Sam Darnold. It's Jameson Crowder, and that's it, Ross. I mean, uh, we're at the point of the season where we don't have to talk ourselves in circles trying to convince ourselves that a Jet is a good fantasy play. Let's, okay, let's so be completely honest. Question.
0: All right. So we got a couple tight end streamers already with Ferkser and Rogers and Logan Thomas. You, We got a defense streamer already. are the Bills, who have not been great on defense, should we consider streaming against the Jets' offense every week? Yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, uh, Quite frankly, um, I I had a laughing fit on the air on SiriusXM this past weekend when when, two instances. Number one, Joe Flacco taking a 15-yard intentional grounding penalty on third and inches, and then the Jets kicking a 55-yard field goal. And then Joe Flacco's 30-yard sack. Uh, I had a laughing fit with both of them. I mean, Darnold's been if Darnold plays, he's been a turnover machine. Yeah, just stream your defense against the Jets. Yeah, it, it's, a good, it's a good decision to make.
0: Okay. Carolina is at New Orleans, and I'm fascinated by this game. This is actually our DraftKings-focused mm-hmm. game. The Saints are laying 7.5 points on the DraftKings sportsbook, Joe, I sure don't really understand that. Um, Sean Payton, for DFS purposes at DraftKings, still playing at Coy as to whether or not Michael Thomas will play. He was going to play two weeks ago yeah, before on. he got suspended. What are we talking about here, Joe? Come I think on. Michael Thomas plays, and I think they feed him a lot. If So if you're playing DFS, obviously you do it at DraftKings. I still like, I said this on the Even Money podcast yesterday, I still like the Panthers getting the seven and a half points. That's too many.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because Teddy Bridgewater did not play well last week. For the first time this year, I thought he's been playing pretty good football, but he didn't play well last week um, in in a poor game against Chicago of a a pretty good defense. Um, uh, But it is a Teddy Bridgewater revenge game, Ross, obviously. Uh, maybe this might be the least contentious revenge game ever because the Saints allowed Teddy Bridgewater to go out and get the nice contract that he got from Carolina this off season. But uh, I, I, I'm I'm into Carolina scoring points here. Doesn't look like Christian McCaffrey is going to play, so you can continue firing up Mike Davis as an RB one. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore both in your lineup. Um and, and Teddy, I think he's a decent enough streamer this week if you need him. Uh Carolina is a fantasy team that's pretty narrow. Curtis Samuel was uh was injured last week. He couldn't go. So there, there's four guys for Carolina. Three of them you probably want in your lineup no matter what, with Davis, Anderson, and more. And Teddy, you can take a shot on here. Um there's there's gonna be an opportunity for them to score some points in this game.
0: Um how about Green Bay. Well, I'm sorry. Let me go back to New Orleans a little bit, Joe. I know they're a narrow team. Yeah, it's it's Kamara. I mean, Kamara is the number one overall player I, in fantasy. I haven't seen how Michael Thomas is priced. I'm sure he's priced pretty high at DraftKings, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's going to come out. Don't you think he'll come out like a caged animal?
1: Yeah, you know, I I agree, and I think I think Sean Payton will take this opportunity to say no hard feelings. You know, um feed you. We're going to feed you the ball and you're going to catch 10 passes in this game. So I completely agree with that. Thomas is in the mix to be the number one wide receiver this week. Alvin Kamara is the number one running back as he should be pretty much every week. Drew Brees. um, It's been kind of like pulling teeth with him, but he can put up some numbers. The problem I have here is I'd probably be benching Emmanuel Sanders. I just I just don't know if this offense is going to be able to support him now that Michael Thomas is going to be back. And Jared Cook um, tight end's been kind of weak this year. I think you can take a shot on him as well against Carolina's kind of weak defense. But uh, but I anticipate that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, and that's why you picked it as our DraftKings game of the week, Ross.
0: Green Bay is at Houston. Uh, I haven't seen anything new, Joe, on Bakhtiari and mm. his availability for this game, but that makes a difference because Aaron Rodgers got the crap beat out of him after Bakhtiari went out.
1: Yeah, but Houston's defense has been really, really poor this year. And I mean, I I know back Bakhtiari um, he had a chest injury, I believe. Uh, I I don't know if he plays this week. I'm sure they want him to. They want to get him out there if at all possible. But I expect Aaron Rodgers to bounce back in a massive way this week, a massive way. Um, uh, He's going to be very popular in DFS because I think everybody's going to have that narrative. Devontae Adams is going to be very popular on DFS. Marquez Valdez Scantling got open deep for a potential touchdown uh, a couple of times, and Rodgers missed him last week, so he's somebody you can take a shot on on the deeper level. Bobby Tanyan, I know he got dinged up in that game, but it's hard to find better tight end options this this uh, time of year, after especially after the Texans got absolutely cooked up by Firkser last week, uh, Bobby Tanyan, I think is going to be able to go out there and have a solid game. I expect him to be popular for DFS. And how about Aaron Jones? Sometimes we overthink these things. We were like, oh, he's a second round pick. We're going with AJ. They drafted AJ Dillon in the second round, and he scored 19 touchdowns last year, and and you know he's not going to do it again, and all that's fair analysis. He's on pace for 23 touchdowns this year, is Aaron Jones. So he's, uh, he's a top three overall running back option. I expect this is the Feast podcast. I expect the Green Bay Packers are going to feast on the Houston Texans this week.
0: Yeah, what about the other side, though? What about when the Texans are on offense?
1: Yeah, uh, Green Bay has really struggled with the passing defense. Um, for Houston, David Johnson, eh, mediocre RB2, but Deshaun Watson has been putting up massive numbers the last couple weeks. And how about Brandon Cooks, who was held catchless in Bill O'Brien's final game as uh, the head coach? Of uh, of the Houston Texans, he's up in over 220 receiving yards the last two weeks with a couple of touchdowns. He's been putting up massive numbers. So Will Fuller, who has been in a wide receiver one, is in your lineup. Brandon Cooks is in your lineup now as a wide receiver three. I'll admit it. I thought he was droppable two weeks ago. I did not anticipate Deshaun Watson would come out and play as aggressively as he did. He always plays aggressively, but he's playing aggressively, and he's playing better than he did a number of weeks ago. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, I think you could talk yourself into a three-man stack there for DFS.
0: The Browns and the Bengals, Joe. This is a I-want-to-be-traded battle of Ohio. David Njoku, John Ross, I mean... Straight-up swap. Swap. Do we care for the, about these guys at all?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, the one thing about Cleveland, and by the way, they did the – well, the, here's my, my read on that. they should have benched Baker. Like, before. They shouldn't have played him in that game. Uh, he, he hasn't been playing well. He was hurt. Pittsburgh just teed off on him. Uh, it, it went about as well as could be anticipated given that situation. But you've been talking to Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Baker is not throwing the ball well at all. That being said, I anticipate this will be a game that they're going to try to get him going against a weaker Cincinnati defense. Um, uh, Phillip Rivers put up massive numbers against him last week uh, without the help of T.Y. Hilton, and uh, and we need to get into that eventually. But uh, Phillip Rivers putting up big numbers against Cincinnati. I expect – I know it's like pulling teeth with Odell Beckham, but I'd have Odell Beckham in there as a wide receiver too. I'd have Jarvis Landry in there as a wide receiver three. Baker, I – don't want to stream him. I really don't. But he's he's on that lower end streaming uh, kind of option. And you, you play Kareem Hunt every week for Cleveland. So uh, it, they're 4-2. Nobody's telling Browns fans they shouldn't be happy right now. But Baker's got to get his head out of his butt.
0: Cincinnati on the other side. Wow. They got off to a great start against the Colts. Then they still weren't able to get the win. But I guess I want to know. Your thoughts primarily on A.J. Green now, Joe?
1: Trade him. Trade him if you at all possibly can. There's, there was reports coming out today that there's a, the, the Bengals have had serious trade talks. Uh, I don't know if that changes. Uh, I don't know if Zach Taylor and A.J. Green got copacetic here, uh, got understanding of each other after – um, after that, that show two weeks ago. But AJ, AJ Green comes up, coming off a good game. I'm trading him on name value, if, if at all possible. And the average fantasy player is smart now. You might not be able to move AJ Green, but, uh, but I'd be trading him, if at all possible, right now. T Higgins, I think, can be a wide receiver too the rest of the year. And it's clear Joe Burrow trusts T Higgins more than, more than AJ Green. And, and, um, maybe the Bengals move Green. Maybe they don't. All I know is your fantasy team should be moving him.
0: What about, um, in the next matchup, this will be the last matchup for part one, by the way. Interesting. There's not as many 1 o'clock games as there normally are. There's four late games, and then the Sunday night and the Monday nighter. This seems like a, a good fantasy matchup. Lions, Falcons, there's got to be a lot of points here, right?
1: You would think. Um, Matt Ryan uh, – he- As good as Calvin Ridley has been, it's clear that Julio is the straw that serves the drink here, uh, and everybody went nuts. Everybody went nuts in that game um, for Atlanta. Uh, Russell Gage was back to being useful. Hayden Hurst scored a late touchdown. Um, So uh, everybody's in play here for Atlanta, clearly Julio. Against man coverage, by the way, the the, the Lions are not a hard defense to play against. It's an out-execute-you defense. They play a ton of man coverage. Matt Ryan... Two veteran receivers. I mean, I expect Ryan to throw for 300 plus in this game with Julio and Calvin Ridley. You can mix in Hurst and Gage if you're desperate. Um, Todd Gurley's an RB two. He had a really bad game last week. And on the flip side, for Detroit, I just don't, I don't understand what's going on with Matthew Stafford. The numbers are not there. He it, it's it's Galladay, Hawkinson or bust. Hawkinson actually leads the NFL in end zone targets, but it's been like pulling teeth. Like he has a drop here, and then Stafford misses him twice, and then they finally ran like the little uh, the little flat pass to him that he got in on last week. But nothing else is working here in the passing game. Marvin since Kenny Galladay came back from injury three uh, uh, for the last three games, Marvin Jones has six catches total. I mean, you can't put him in your lineup. The question everybody's going to have is what do I do with DeAndre Swift? And you would hope, you would hope that after what he did in creating explosive plays when they're not getting them from the passing game, by the way, creating explosive plays out of the backfield they can, they can successfully institute a two-man rotation in that backfield with Adrian Peterson on the early downs, mixing in DeAndre Swift to try to, try to create some explosive plays because they need them. There is no spot here for On Johnson right now with the way DeAndre Swift looked last week. They, it seems like they did some self-scouting over the bye. They decided they were going to give Swift an opportunity. He played under 40% of the snaps, so it's not like he went out there and they used him like he was a Christian McCaffrey, but there was a lot of things to like about that game. I beg of Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel, keep it coming. DeAndre Swift is creating explosive plays that you are not getting from your wide receivers with the exception of Kenny Galladay right now. He needs to be on the field, and this is a good matchup. I beg
0: of you. I beg of you. Um, all right, Falcons. How about Holy
1: Julio? I I mean, here's the thing with Julio. At this part of of his career, he's going to go through dings and dents and slings and arrows and all that stuff. And, I mean, last week he just kind of reminded us, if he's active, you got to play him. Because occasionally he'll have the four catches for 25 yards and he doesn't look healthy. But he's going to have the games where he has eight catches for 150 and two touchdowns, and he's going to win you a week by himself. Against man coverage, a Lions defense that's been struggling despite playing man coverage, I expect Julio and Calvin Ridley to go nuts this week.
0: Anybody else for Atlanta, Hurst, running backs?
1: Gurley had a poor game last week. Um, he's an RB2. He's played better than I thought he would. I'll, I'll fully admit that, but he did not have a good game last week. And Hayden Hurst, yeah, what? Well, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast with, like, Jared Cook and Richard Rodgers and, and Hawkinson in this game, just guys who you plug in there and you hope it's the week they catch five passes and or score a touchdown. It, it's kind of that way at the wide receiver, at the tight end position. There's just a bunch of, like, 10 to 15 guys just all kind of clumped together after after the guys you feel good about starting.
0: That'll do it for Episode 1 of the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast. We, of course, will be breaking down all of the late PM Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday nighter Bucks Raiders, the Monday nighter Bears Rams. we got some good primetime games again this week in episode number two, which will drop in your podcast app shortly after midnight. Make sure you subscribe so you get both episodes because there is still more Joe Dolan to be had in week seven the NFL. He's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker, NFL everywhere, and fantasypoints.com. After you use the code FEAST is where you should go right now, and all of your wildest dreams will come true. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.